we do. This is what we do. We want to, to tell everybody about the Lord and what he's doing. And we want to do it in such a way that it's not religious. Come on, somebody. People have had enough of religion and, and all of the do's and don'ts. And sure, in everything, there's good. There's good don'ts. You don't want to don't do that. You don't want to, you know. We understand the Bible is good and we want to follow that. But we've found there's all these other things. Where if you don't dress this way, if you don't. We've, you know, people now have found out God can move even if you have flip-flops on. Hey. You can be in shorts and the Holy Spirit still can move. Are you kidding? You know, all of these things. But we're just finally getting, I'm, I told Kim, I'm going to be preaching here and hopefully I'll do it next week if I can get it past her. Don't tell her. In a pair of tennis shoes. Oh, I might run in those. But I'm just saying, this is why we do what we do. This is, this is the purpose. You were created on purpose for a purpose. God's got a plan, and he put us in this building. That building is going to be amazing. And we are getting that ready. And, and so July 1st, that first Sunday in July, we're going to be in that building. Our grand opening, that's kind of the grand opening, but we're going to do a, a more major grand opening probably in August. Because we've got to figure out the flow of everything and how everything works. And, and right now... It's, it's a construction site, so there'll probably be a sign, you know, pardon our dust and that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's, I'm stoked. It's going to be, it's going to be really a good thing. Keep believing. We know God's got this place leased and there'll be somebody that is going to do that. We showed it last week. They seem to be interested. So we'll see where the Lord takes that. I want to welcome everybody here. God is just up to great stuff. How many knows God's always working? Even when you don't think he's working, he's working. So this is what we do. We believe not only in honor here at True Life Church, where we honor and we respect, we believe in generosity, crazy generosity, and we are moving more and more to that point. That is part of who we are. But what we are asking and what we are believing God and, and just to show by our, our, our deeds, not that we're trying to get saved by works, but we're just saying, God, this is what we do. Here's what you've told us to do. When we do that, because God gave first, how many know he gave Jesus? So he, he's all, he's the originator of giving. He is the master. And when we give just like that kind of crazy gift, just like, man, I'm going to do whatever and above and beyond, whatever you're telling me, that is when we are most like, God, we are honoring you most. For God so loved the world that he gave. It teaches us to put God first and helps build our faith. And we want to lead the way in the community. There's many great churches in Marion, but we also want to say, well, I want to be one of the leaders. I want to be one of those who are just like, my goodness, what is going on? And so we are, are pushing ourselves to that. God, show me what you want me to do, because this is what we do. We want to lead the way in the community by being generous. I want to be able to tell the community and tell the mayor, hey, we'll pay for that. Wouldn't that be awesome? We'll own the building debt-free, and we'll start giving money to every poor thing we can do. And that sounds kind of crazy, but you know what I'm talking about. Wouldn't it be something if all of a sudden there are a lot of generous people and there wasn't any poor people around? I'm going to talk to this side. This side is waking up right now. Wouldn't you like to have to give to people? Then people would be like, oh my goodness, has anybody ever blessed you? And it just kind of... And you're just like, I can't even believe it. And they're just saying... Thank God. And you just want to go, oh, my, I'm going to prove to you in Scripture today that when we are crazy generous, that it is God that the people will think they'll remember it forever. But they'll remember God. And God will use us. This is what we do. I want to talk a couple things, but just, you know, if I ask. 
Are you generous? The answer of most people would say yes, because we give something. We would say yes. But can I just say this? Giving and being generous are two different things. Giving and being generous are two different things. To be generous is to purpose our life around God and the thrill to make a difference. I know I'm not going to do just what is required. I'm going to even do, God, you're asking me to do this. Yes! If you're an employer and you're looking for an employee, do you want somebody that'll just, I'll do whatever I can do just to stay hired? Or do you want somebody that's just like, how can I further this company? You tell me what to do. I'm fully invested. Help me this morning. God is looking for people that are going to say, this is what we do. Most Americans don't think they're rich, but they are. Most Americans think they're generous, but they're not. Most Americans think, don't think they're rich, but they are. Most Americans think they're generous, but they're not. We don't feel rich or generous because we are constantly comparing ourselves with someone else who seems to have more stuff or do more things or can do more things or go more places. So we constantly are saying, I don't meet this certain criteria, so I am not rich, nor am I generous. Or we'll say, I do what I can with what I've got. And I I understand, but I want to try to help make your mindset change just a bit. In America, we're blessed. Say amen to that. We're a blessed nation. If you drive a car, you're in the top 6 to 9% of the wealthiest people in the world. This is what we do. We get in our car, or you get in somebody's car, and you drive past several different types of restaurants just to get to your favorite restaurant. Where once you go in, and in some restaurants, they will park your car. But once you go into your restaurant, someone will take your order, sit you down, or sit you down, then take your order... Bring the food to you. Refill your water glass. Once you eat, they will take your dishes away and do everything for you. You will get back in your car and you will drive home and you will come near a place where you push a button and a door goes open and you have a special house just for your car. Some of us have two and three and four car houses. Some of us have so much stuff in our main house that we let the other stuff live with the car. Or we have more stuff than we know what to do with, so we rent another house just to house our stuff. That's how rich we are. When we get into the house, we like to set the temperature at a certain degree. No matter what it is outside, if it's 85, it can still be 70 inside. If it's 30 below, it can still be 70 inside. That's how ridiculously wealthy we are. We go up and we sleep in a comfortable bed. We wake up the next day. We open our closets that have racks of clothes and we can take our hands just like an accordion and go across the clothes and say this, I have nothing to wear. That's how crazy, radical, wealthy we are. The average American only gives 2.8% away of what they bring in. The bad news is if we're really blessed and we make over Uh, let's even say a six-figure income, We the giving goes down from 2.8 to 2.6. And that is not God-honoring. 
We believe as Jesus followers, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And the reason most don't give, now listen to me, and this is just true, is because we don't feel we can. Now, I want you to understand, the enemy gets us in this mindset where we can't. Now, I, I get it about good stewardship and about wisdom. I'm not trying to break that. I'm trying to get you out of a mindset of scarcity. We want to give. Our hearts want to give, but we don't feel we can, so we don't. Many of us were brought up with that scarcity mindset. Maybe you've been, maybe you're older, I'm 57, and maybe you're older than me, and you've went through some, maybe the Great Depression, or you went this, or you've been laid off, or you know what it's like, or some of you worked several jobs just to make ends meet. I get it. And so you're trying to figure that out. Or maybe you have, you know, whatever the case is. You got one of you working, one of you can't. And I, I don't know, but I'm, I, I understand pressure. So we have the scarcity mindset. There's never going to be enough. We'll always be short. Not enough to go around. There's too much month left with not enough money. It's a cycle. God supplies, and this is what we do. We consume. We lack we fear. Consume, lack, fear. And this is what we call in America living paycheck to paycheck. Different times in our lives, and I know in my life, I've gotten where I didn't have enough money for the month that was left. Anybody can relate to that, and you're thinking, oh, I'll get in advance. That's fun. It always seems fun when you first get it, but then the next time when you're really short, it's tough. That's a scarcity mindset. We consume, we lack, we fear. We consume, we lack, we fear. And then our talk reflects that. I can't ever get ahead. I take one step forward, three steps back. I can't afford that. Let me just say, if you found yourself, and I'm talking right now, you know, and he, oh, he's talking about money, and you find yourself tensing up, you find yourself... Maybe if we can just be real, maybe you're just maybe your butt cheeks are tensing right now. No, he's talking about money. I wow. So what I'm saying is maybe then you've got a scarcity mindset. Maybe maybe part of it, and you don't mean to have, but because you've been through some stuff, you're kind of wore down. You ever feel tired? I'm just beat up. I'm just tired of living paycheck to paycheck. God, I want to travel like so-and-so. I want to be able to do something. Vacation? What's that word? People say Disney World. I don't have Disney World. I just watch my kids play. I understand. So we want to, we want to talk a little bit about this. As Jesus followers, we have a totally different mindset. Because this is what we do. Because what God did, this is what we do. Because of He gave Jesus this Is what we do. We do something first. Not the world does. But we give. Because God taught us how to give. And when we do that. God does something. And then he creates. Our faith grows. And it creates a harvest of generosity. And so we start changing our mindset. Instead of we consume. We lack. We fear. Here. We give. Our faith grows. Harvest. God supplies Our faith grows in harvest. It's amazing what starts to happen when we start seeing God. It creates a cycle of supply. Let me give you a couple thoughts quickly. When we follow Jesus, we we give generously. It's what Jesus followers do because what God did for us. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 and 11. Love this scripture. Hopefully this will help you today. 
You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Let me stop right there. Before I read all this and explain it at the end, I'm just going to stop right and explain it as we go through. I'm not here to manipulate you. I'm not here to pressure you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to convict you. I'm not here to do any of that. I'm here to show you what the truth is. That's all I'm here for. And I want you to hear my heart. I don't want you to feel pressure from me. If you think I'm here to try to trip and pressure you into doing something, don't give anything. Are we going to talk about money? We're talking about money right now. But I want to tell you what God's attitude is about this. This is what we do. God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides Seed for the farmer and bread to eat in the same way he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you'll be enriched in every way so you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So God is saying, as you do what I'm asking you to do, as you follow the cycle of God, the supply cycle, I'm going to give. God's going to supply. It's going to build my faith. It's going to create a harvest of generosity. It says my mindset's going to change. And people will start thanking God because I'm going to be able to be generous. He's going to provide for me to continue that cycle. This is what we do. God loves it when we're generous. People love that and they thank God for it. Here's number two. God multiplies abundantly. We give generously and God multiplies abundantly. He gives us seed to sow. Something to plant, resources to give, bread to eat. And he wants you not to be afraid, not to be reluctant, not to be feared, not to be forced. I need you to catch this. You see, as a Jesus follower, we don't have to come to church. We get to come to church. I don't have to do this. Brett, if I don't give, will I still make heaven? Sure. Because this isn't a salvation issue. But I get to. I would rather live a life with peace and happiness and abundance and joy and be able to get more, to give more to more people so they could find God and thank God than to live a mindset of scarcity and go paycheck to paycheck. You see, it's direct opposite of the world's system. When we sow, God supplies. The first cycle of the world is consume, lack, and fear. Consume, lack. But see, God gave first. That's why it's important that we just follow his lead. When we give, Jesus followers, our first response is to give. And this is what we do. And this is where people get all... Mm. So if you get all scrunched up in your seat, I know what's going on. Mm. We give 10% back. We give back what God has given to us because it's all his. Tithing is just simply returning. If all of it is his and he's asking for this, how many would believe I could believe God would do more with 90% less or 90% left blessed than 100% not blessed? And it sounds like crazy because on, on paper it doesn't seem to work. But if I, if I gave somebody my car and said, here, here's my car. And they brought it back and said, we decided to give it back to you. And you're just giving it back. I've already, you're just returning it. That's what tithing is. It's just returning. Multiplication happens in offering. But if we can break the cycle, we want to give God, but we just, I can't. Why? Who's told you that? You ever think in the garden, 
think about all of what the enemy did. He just tried to get people, Adam and Eve, to doubt the validity, the truthfulness, the genuineness of God's word. Did, did, did God say that? So when you say, I can't afford it, who told you you can't afford it? Is it yours? Let me just, you know, I, I've done this illustration. I'm not doing it today, so rest at ease. If I had all the guys stand up and said, every guy stand up, get out your wallet, hold it high in the air, and they all held it. Now give it to the guy behind you, beside you, or whatever. Give it to somebody else. And they all, everybody exchanges their wallet, and then I said, we're going to receive an offering. And so whatever wallet you have, I want you to dig in there and give like you've always wanted to. There'd be people going, oh, no. The other people are like, go ahead, there ain't nothing in there. <laughs> because it's easy to give something away when we don't feel it's ours when it's ours then we're but if i could convince you that god gave all of it to you we need to be able to give back to him the tithe that's an act of worship when we give he multiplies our faith grows and then the cycle starts all over again so now we have a harvest of generosity because of the goodness of god we don't live in fear of lack we know that he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory we know that his arm is not waxed short father in everything i just need to be generous because i'll do what you tell me to do after all it's not mine we take this crazy radical way and we worship god with our tithe what does the tithe do i'm telling you the tithe breaks the cycle of scarcity it breaks that mindset it creates a new cycle of supply Brett, what's the tithe mean? Tithe is actually meaning, the meaning of it is one-tenth. So everything that comes into us, we give back a tenth to God as an act of worship. Now, I'm not checking, and no, we don't have any form for you to sign, and there's no legality on this. I'm just telling you a heart principle that's written in Scripture. But this goes way back, even before the law existed in the Old Testament, thousands of years. This is way back. It's in the New Testament. Jesus said in the New Testament to honor the tithe, and that's just one of the things you need to do. This isn't even an assumption. This is what we do. When God blesses us, we worship him in acts of returning. We give 10% what he gives. He multiplies it. It builds our faith. We give some more. Generosity is created. People are, are saying, man, God is just amazing. So I want to unpack this in, in three thoughts. So I'm just going to unpack this tithing thing in three thoughts this morning. What does it do? First of all, the tithe teaches us to put God first. Deuteronomy 14, 23. Bring this tithe into the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. Eat it there in his presence. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, firstborn males of your flocks and herds. Doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. You see, tithing teaches us to give God first. It doesn't take faith to wait until you see what's left and then give God. Tithing is always about doing it first. That first portion redeems the rest. You need to hear this. And I, I, I've done teaching on this before. And I'm just trying to sandwich this so that we can kind of come at it. Same angle, but a different way. That doesn't even make sense, but just go with it. You're, some of you are going, same angle, different way. Mm. What I'm saying is, God gave his son. Jesus was God's tithe. But you have to understand how the first portion redeems the rest. You have to understand that, you know, people ask me, well, I don't understand about tithing. I mean, if I don't know, what do I, what do I give? What, what, what do you mean first portion? If I had 10 $1 bills lined up here, would I give the, the bill on this one, the one to the right or to the left? Which one? The one in the middle? Which one do I give? The answer is the first one spent. 
You see, when they had to give their firstborn in the Old Testament, just even in the Old Testament, they had to bring their the first male, you know, whatever, goat, what, um, they had to bring all that. Okay? They had no guarantee they'd have more. They had to do that by faith. I'm going to say it one more time. They had no guarantee. They had to give the first. You'd like, well, let me keep this one, and, and when we have another, no, you give the first. Because it doesn't take faith to give the last. It takes faith to give the first. And that first portion, the anointing redemption portion, is on the first portion, and it redeems the 90%. Brett, in order for me to tie 10%, I would have to force my whole life. I'd have to change everything around God. Is that what you're saying? Yep. That's what I'm saying. I would have to rearrange my entire budget. Yes, you will. I would have to have make massive changes. Yep. It would be crazy faith. Oh boy. Because it takes faith to give first. Because of what God did for us, we honor and give back to him. We reprioritize our lives around the king of kings. Here's our second thought this morning. The tithe builds our faith. We see the faithfulness of God Malachi 3, 10, and 11. Those of you that want, you can call it Malachi. <laughs> Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do so, or if you do, says the Lord of heavens of the armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fail from the vine. Or fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven. This is the only place in scripture where God says, try me, test me, try this, come and see this. Because there are people that are just like, I'm not doing that. I will give something and I'll say I'm generous. But I am not doing what you're asking me. I cannot make you. I will not check. We don't send out letters like that. We don't work that way. Tithing is a hard issue. I'm just telling you, people ask me at different times, how did God do that? How did God do this in your life? How did this happen? I'm telling you, here is a key way that this happens. You, I just give to God. It's all his anyway. Because this is what we do. God says, you don't believe me? Give it a try. Try it. Give it a shot. See if he doesn't do this. Because the world system says consume, lack, fear. Consume, lack, fear. God says give. He multiplies. Our faith grows. Generated a harvest. Give. He multiplies. Our faith grows. Generation of harvest. Things just start changing. It changes your mindset. God says, give me your first and your best and I will bless the rest. See if 90% doesn't go further than 100% unblessed. If 90% is blessed. Brett, I think you've been smoking some wacky tobacco. I have not. It doesn't make sense in the natural mind. But I'm asking you, just try it. I don't have to prove it to you. He says he'll prove it to you. He's proven it to me. 
you be, begin to realize that blessings come and, and it's so better to give than to receive. And, and he just keeps doing things. The cycle of abundance happens and you're transformed when we give God first. It's it's freeing. It's just it's an amazing thing. Kim and I start looking for opportunities to sow. And and sometimes the old self will creep in there. She'll want to sow. And I, I use me as an example because sometimes I'm like, ah, because I thought we were going to do this. That doesn't mean you can't do that, but it means that we have to get an agreement. God, what are you telling us to do? Do you want us to sow? If you want us to sow, because it starts that cycle of supply. We just keep that cycle going. I'm going to tell you some stories. This is what's worked for me. Just some stories. And I'll, I'll be as really quick. But, you know, so I can't say it'll always happen this way for you. I'm just saying it will happen. Now, I don't know what your story is going to be. But, I mean, there's things that God has just done in our lives that I, there's no other answer but God. We, we had to get out. You ever have to just get out of Dodge? If you're a parent and you've had young kids, sometimes just getting out of Dodge is wonderful. Sometimes you never feel like you can get out of Dodge because your kids are always with you in the Dodge. And you just kind of change the atmosphere where you're going, ah. but we decided, let's just get out of town. We just need to get out of town. And so we packed the kids in the van and we got out of town and we went to Amish country just because everything, you know, is just like settled back and laid back. And, yeah, you know, so, OK, but we didn't really think about it. And we left mid morning. By the time we got there, it was about an hour and a half to get there. And by the time we got there, it was lunchtime. I got kids that like to eat. And all we kept hearing was, Daddy, I'm hungry. When are we going to get? And Kim and I had just, I mean, we were like looking at each other thinking, we did not think this through. Because we had enough gas to get home. You ever been there? Like, what are we going to do? And they got kids that don't, they don't understand. And you're not telling your kids. I don't know if you do. We don't. We didn't get down our kids' face. We don't have the money. Shut up. We don't do that. So we were just like, uh, you know, it's okay. It's, it's, it's going to be. We're making. This is Kim's response. Daddy and I are making plans. And this is this is the plans. Oh, God, I did not think this through. This is what I'm saying. Now, listen to me. Because if we have a scarcity mindset, we're looking for natural ways. Because isn't that what scarcity does? We look for the natural ways. We don't understand rest. We don't understand provision. Because we understand to get more, you've got to work harder, get five more jobs. But in the kingdom, that's not how the kingdom works. So in the kingdom, you know, and I, again, I, I'm, I don't have all the clues to this. I don't have all the answers. I'm just telling you what has worked for me. I just said, God, I don't even know. I don't remember my exact words, but this is what I said to him. If I just had $10... Just $10. Now, I got a boy that played the drums when he was growing up. This is a true story. He said, I wish I was a cow. And we said, why, Zach, are you wishing you're a cow? And he says, because the cow has three stomachs. <laughs> so if that gives you any clue to eating. Every time we'd put a thing of food in his mouth when he was a baby, he would cry in between bites. And I remember Charlotte, my mother-in-law, saying, you're going to have to get you another job just to feed this boy. <laughs> we broke that in Jesus' name. But anyway, I just said, God, if I just had $10, man, I could at least give these kids something to eat. Because when you're a dad, my mindset was not really big faith. I mean, because, again, I'm asking for 10 bucks. I'm not even thinking about me. I'm thinking about them. Now $10 can't even hardly get you a quarter pounder meal. 
And all God's children love to eat quarter pounders. So I, so I said, I said, God, just give me $10. And people are walking back and forth, strollers and stuff. And right in front of me, like five feet, is $10 laying on the, on the blacktop. Just $10, just laying flat out, like going, hi. So I, I, I picked it up. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. And the first thing I thought was I should have asked for 100 bucks. So 10 but anyway, I got 10. I told him, got $10. So right away, we got $9. You know why? Because we took our tithe out of it. And we thank God for the $9. We took him across to an Amish restaurant where they give you all the bread and the sugar peanut butter you can eat. And we just told our kids, eat, eat. We need more bread. They, to this day, I think they probably are like, no, don't give me more peanut butter and bread. What I'm telling you is God just supplied because we gave. I asked one time, I'm like, Lord, if you want me to do this, I don't have any clothes. And I wasn't going to preach naked, but I didn't have any clothes. Within two weeks, I didn't tell anybody that. In two weeks, somebody gave me a check, said, God told me to give you this check for clothes. I don't know why you need it. It was $500. I'm just telling you, a scarcity mindset will leave you limited. There'll be times, you know, I, I gave away a vehicle. And I told her, I said, I do not want to give this away. I said, God's telling me to give this truck to this kid. And I thought she would say, you ain't giving that truck to the kid. Because I was ready to say, I'm in agreement. And she said, well, if God's telling you, you better give it. <laughs> so for two weeks, I wrestled with that. Every time I'd ask her, she said, just do what God tells you. And he kept telling me, give that truck to him. And I went to give it to him. And I didn't want to, so there was not a whole lot of joy. But the kid was trying to pay me for it. And it, so then I thought I was getting happier. <laughs> I'm just being as honest as I can be. I was like, okay, sweet. And the Lord, he, he rebuked me and he told me, he said, I didn't tell you to take any money for it. I told you to give it to him. And I said, I, 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 I can't take your money. He said, but the truck's in, it's, it's like mint shape. I'm like, I, I, I know what kind of condition the truck's in. He said, I, I'll give you this. I'll at least give you that. And there was a few thousand dollars. I'm like, I can't take it. Take the truck and go away. In essence, I'm just cutting the story short. And I'm just like, oh. Wasn't long after that. And then some, somebody gave me a car. And I thought, I, you know, I thought, well, I'll get another truck. Or God will give me another truck. Well, somebody gave me a car. And as soon as I got it, God said, give that away. And I gave that away. Then it happened again. Then I got a truck and he said, sell the truck. And I'm like, sweet, I finally get to sell something. So then I got money for that and I thought I got to keep the money. And he said, no, give that away. But what I'm telling you is, is, is this, it, just, it doesn't make sense that God started opening up windows of heaven and started saying, I can trust this guy. He'll do that. I can do that. He told me to give a watch away. I gave a watch away. I got five watches in two weeks. He said, give a computer. I got three computers. I mean, people just, uh, things just started happening. Why? Because this is what we do. When we start, say, if we try to figure God out, you can't figure him out. His thoughts are higher than yours. But what you can do is submit to that and he'll give you information and clues and keys to the kingdom that you can walk in peace. He broke the cycle of scarcity. You know, today the church is faced with challenges. We, we, we lease this building. We, we're paying mortgage on that building, utilities on that building, insurance on this building and that building. 
you know, things to keep church running. Got to have the donuts, coffee, all the things that keep just church running. Supplies, letters, stamps. You name all the different things that are needed. That has to happen. And so, you know, most of us come to church and just think, I guess that the supply angel shows up. But I'm here to tell you that God's arm is not waxed short. We do not owe anything other than um, the, the normal mortgage or what we're paying. And one day we won't owe that. We're believing God for supernatural increase because we are breaking the scarcity mindset. We are radical givers and we're going to continue to grow in that area. When we give, he multiplies. It builds our faith. And a harvest of generosity is created and we advance the kingdom. Here's our last thought for this morning. The tithe provides for the work of God's church. When you give, a lot gets done in the world. Malachi says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. If this church has made a difference in your life, spiritually, if you've grown from this church, just put your hand up in the air. I'm just telling you, you know how that happens. It's because we give as people of God. As followers of Jesus, that's our job, to bring food into the house. And I'm not talking donuts. Donuts are great. But it's kind of like Chinese food. You eat Chinese food, feel full, and after a little bit, then you're hungry again. I had somebody ask, you know, we have the donut holes. He goes, how come we just get holes? Just eat more holes, be happy. Just start saying, God, you know what? Be, this is what happens Things happen when we give to the kingdom because we push back the darkness. We advance the kingdom of God. These kids, these kids in this area don't know Jesus. They don't know the Jesus, you know, they know how welfare works. They know how the system works. They know that mom and dad have more kids because they get more food. Help me. We need to have people that understand it's okay. The kids are still important. God has a purpose no matter how they got here. This is what we do. If we can introduce Jesus to the kids, introduce Jesus to the families, introduce Jesus to the adults, what will happen to Marion? This is what we do. This church has done many things and we're going to continue to do more. We've bought cars for people. We've paid bills for people, utility bills, mortgage bills, grocery. It's, it's all good. It's not like, look at us. I'm saying because this is what we do. That's why we do it to further the kingdom. And when people get blessed by generosity, the Bible says, and we read it, they thank God. They never forget that God did that. There's things that God did for us at Kim and I. I to this day do not know what hands made that happen. But I thank God for it. It is just one of those things because this is what we do. My challenge to you this morning is this. Are you a part of we? Are you still living in the cycle of scarcity? We consume, we lack, we fear. We consume, we lack, we fear. Or how about we give? God multiplies, our faith grows, and generosity is created. I want to live in that cycle. The cycle of abundance. It doesn't make sense on paper, but we have to trust God. We have to trust Him. Exercise our faith. Try Him. Test Him. Watch Him do it. I'm asking you this morning. 
I'm not pushing. I, again, if, if right away some of you are like, he's not getting my wallet. Just relax. God wants your heart. And with your heart comes everything. People ask Kim and I all the time. I, I just, you know, the other day she said, we just moved, we just bought a new house. We moved into the city because we felt God wanted us to be in the city to be more connected because of what he's doing at the church. This is what we do. So we moved. She said, I think God put us here and all of Marion watches can see us because we were out in the country. And now if I'm out mowing my yard, I don't know how many people honk and wave. Hey, how you doing? And, you know, it was just kind of cool, really. But I'm just not used to it. But that's why we did. We, we're just like, God, we just want to be connected. We just want to do what you want me to do. That's all. I want to please you because this is what we do. I'm asking you this. I want you to be part of we. I want you to listen to what God is telling you. I don't want you to feel manipulated or anything. And, Brett, are you going to receive an offering? Yes, we're going to receive an offering. If you feel like I'm trying to push you or don't do nothing. I'm not. But I'm telling you we're on a mission. I'm just being up front with you. I'm not trying to gimmick you or to game you. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Father, for the next two weeks, we're going to talk.